Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's up, guys? Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. This is Ben Verlander along with Michelle Margot. Michelle, this is episode number 31. Um, a big one for me next. My favorite number is 32, but I don't want to skip over number 31 because <laughs> we have a fantastic episode that I am excited about. Um, how are you? How was, how was your weekend? How was, how, how, how's life? Uh, it's good. I mean, not much has changed literally since March. Other than <laughs> I do go outside occasionally now. It's funny because when, when COVID first started, it was cold and I would go to the driving range and I would put on a jacket or a fleece or I'd go for a walk and put on a fleece. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it kind of got hotter. I didn't have to do that. And now it's starting to do, to get cold again. Yeah. I'm like, wait, yeah, where did, hold on. Where did summer go? I didn't get to enjoy summer. And it, <laughs> it actually happened really fast. So I guess it could have been worse, but just happy yeah. to be alive. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, um, myself, I had a really good weekend this past weekend. I watched um, the U.S. Open, which was on, which is some foreshadowing for this episode. Um, our guest, Victor Hovland, this week. I'm excited to have him on. But I did watch a lot of golf. Um, Bryson DeChambeau ended up winning and watched some baseball, watched some basketball. Um, but speaking of baseball, Michelle, speaking of baseball, oh, I must update no update on our bets okay okay first and foremost the no hitter is there going to be a no hitter thrown i said yes you said no yes it did happen that already happened so i have won that it happened twice it has happened twice that is correct (laughs) what are the chances secondly the, well, so the NL Central was our, another one. I had the Reds. I was very high on the Reds, as you know. And you had the Brewers. Bre- Brewers. Okay. So the Reds are making a strong late-season push. Mm-hmm. They are 28 and 28. But the Brewers are also playing really well. They are 27 and 27. Uh, both four and a half games out of first place. So, you know, you're not – Neck and neck there. I don't think either of them are going to win the division, but better. And then and we had the NL East, who would win that. And I had the Phillies. You had the Mets. Both also playing fairly well now. Uh, the Phillies are 27 and 29. The Mets are 25 and 30. Uh, the Phillies are one game. Oh, no, six and a half games out of first place. One game out of a wild card spot. Um, the Mets are eight and two and a half out. So... I think I'm probably only going to win one and the other two. Neither yeah, but of us that's are the tiebreaker. 
Yeah. So I think. Okay. What are the chances and be a good Samaritan here. What are the chances that we can nullify the stipulation? Zero. Why? 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 Only because I don't want to loot. I was going to say, I don't but like, I think it's fair, but I, of course it's fair. And I made it fair before I went into it, but I don't like lose bets. And I don't I, really lose bets. Not to be Well, honest. I don't know how to get around this, but there's like a 99% <laughs> chance that you, you do, you lose this. So, okay. Can you tell me what, when do I need to follow through with this? When By the way, official. for those who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, ben and I, you know, made those bets at the beginning of baseball season. And if I lose, which it seems unfortunately that I might, I have to sing one line of Ben's favorite karaoke song, which is You Raise Me Up by Josh <laughs> So I just think it shows off all the vocals. It'll, it shows off all your vocal range. So I, I get excited. Okay, because but what my if vo- you don't have vocal range? Well, that's, that's why it's my favorite. My vocal range is similar to like Whitney Houston. It can go really low and it can also get really high. It shows it all off. Yeah, you, Adele, I'm excited to hear it. Some very, very like striking similarities between you and Adele. Correct. Correct. So um, uh, when does this need to happen? Because I'm going to need a couple of weeks to warm up. I mean, it's official the last day of the regular season. So you can do it. I think you need to do it within a week of the end of the regular season. No compromise there, like maybe two weeks. No, no, because you haven't, you know, you're going to lose at this point. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears so we don't have to (laughs) make my day worse. Um, Obviously football is back, which by the way, you didn't mention when you said you've been watching all these sports, like you are such a football buff. I'm so confused why you didn't mention football, but obviously um, some teams are allowing fans, but more often than not, you will not be at any football games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And Millennial Sports Talk is brought to you by Bet Online. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Speaking of, you did mention football there, and you're right. I didn't bring it up, but how do you have any fantasy teams? Yeah. I have six. They all, they all played pretty well. This okay, weekend. hold on. But- Anyone else listening is going to know that the only reason Ben asked me if I have any fantasy teams is so that he can say that he has six. I, you, care, pr- you care 0% about my fantasy team. I was so ready to like brag that I'm 2-0 already. No, I do care. You, That's why I asked. Well, okay, you have six. So what, what, how are you doing? Um, it, it depends. Anywhere mm-hmm. from first to last. Backpedaling now. No, I, I genuinely wanted to. You, you know what? You know what? I, I care. I care. And Michelle just doesn't like to acknowledge that I care about her and her life. I that was wondering true. how your fantasy team. That is true. Last night, Ben and I had a conversation via phone and he was very sweet and he has been keeping track of everything going on in my life. And I thought that was very nice. So thank you, Ben. You're so, welcome. I can't believe we haven't discussed this yet, but the GOAT moment of the week, speaking of football, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I don't know if you agree with this at all. Cause I kind of chose it and just commandeered the whole goat moment of the week for this week. But, um, I'm going to give it to the national football league because they find multiple teams, two more on Monday, the saints and the Raiders, $250,000 each because their head coaches were not wearing face coverings during uh, Monday night's game. And, um, Sean Payton and John Gruden, the head coaches, are being fined $100,000 each, which, I mean, $100,000 is a lot of money for not wearing a mask, but that just goes to show you should be wearing your mask. 
And I like that because we are still in the middle of a global pandemic and though sports are back and though there's a little bit of normalcy returned to life, which is good, um, there are still people fighting this virus and it's important to not let that get out of sight, I guess. So I'm good yeah. for the NFL. I didn't realize that um, the coaches on Monday didn't wear it. The fines had already been handed out from week one. Like how I know. How do you not wear a mask when, when you're coaching on Monday night? Like. Well, that's what, it's a big screw you. It, it's like, oh, I'm going to be fined $100,000. That's okay. I'm still not going to wear one. Like they knew Look, that NFL was going to crack down on that and they didn't do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing a sport. You're trying to, to run a season in the middle of a pandemic. Like just, just wear it, man. Like, come on. Come on. I mean, gotta, I, listen, I understand the challenges that come along with trying to coach football on a sideline without anyone being able to read your mouth or hear you or like they want to be heard obviously that's what a head coach is for and so I understand the concept of not wanting anything to get in the way like there being a barrier but also a hundred thousand dollars like that's you know how far that goes right now for some people there's also a lot of challenges that come along with running around the hospital trying to save people's lives and they're wearing masks so maybe you could that. just maybe you could just Wear one for yeah. three hours. I mean, <laughs> I, figure it out. <laughs> I use the very sketchy and scary and dramatic analogy of like if you knew that one of your family members was going to get hit by a car and all you needed to do wear a mask to make sure that it didn't happen, you would wear the mask. And the person that I was explaining it to was like, "Please don't, please don't." Use that as an example. And I was like, "But it's kind of true. Like if you know." that someone you really care about, you could literally prevent them from going through something extremely traumatic and potentially death by wearing a mask. Just do yeah. it. It's just not yeah. hard. Anyway. Well, Michelle, Thank I you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I mentioned uh, a little earlier uh, that I watched the US Open this past weekend. And if any of you tuned in to the US Open, which is a huge tournament on the PGA Tour, you saw this week's guest, um, who is Victor Hovland, finished tied for 13th and had an awesome performance out there. So without further ado, let's bring in this week's guest, Victor Hovland. What's up, Victor? How you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, good to see you, Ben. Thanks yep. for uh, having me on. You as well, man. Good to see you as well. Uh, so, Victor, we are going to start you off in the hot seat with some rapid-fire questions before we get to the hard-hitting stuff. Are you ready? Do you think you can handle all this? Yeah, sure. Rapid fire starting off. I'm not sure if that's easy, <laughs> but uh, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. All right. Well, we'll go easy. Uh, first rapid fire question. What is your favorite golf course to play? Ooh, I, I'd say Augusta, but honestly, playing Wingfoot last week, that was, uh, that was an incredible place. Because of the experience or because of the course? Just the course. It's brutal and it's not, uh, you don't have to trick it up a, a huge yeah. amount. It's just really, really good. All right. Least favorite golf course. Oof. Uh, uh, I don't really know. I don't really hate a lot of golf courses. Hmm. I just, if I play bad, it's just, I kind of blame myself <laughs> for playing bad, you know? That's accountable. Um, all right. So you just turned 23 a couple days ago. Happy birthday. Um, we were going to wish you a happy birthday by singing to you and harmonizing, and it was going to be melodious and beautiful. Yeah, but yeah <laughs> just know it was gonna be beautiful but we decided to spare you yeah <laughs> um what is your one birthday wish 
for this next year before you turn 24? Hmm. I, I don't really know. I, I have a pretty happy life. I try to kind of, you know, I, I feel like I have everything that I need, but uh, I just like to kind of see results from what I'm working on. Uh, if I'm trying to achieve something, I just like to see me get better, basically. That there's no one specific results that I want to, I mean, obviously I want to do certain things, but that's not in my mind. I just try to get better all the time. So um, if I can get to next year and, and know for certainty that I've gotten better in all these areas that I'm trying to improve, that, that may make, make me pretty happy. So do you think in a year from now you'll reflect and, and be able to say whether or not you did that? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, with the technology nowadays, I feel like we can, you can kind of pinpoint that exactly with uh, how much better you've gotten in certain areas or if you've gotten worse in other areas. So now we have some Oklahoma State trivia questions. Two easy oh ones. Boy. Two easy ones. Uh, who is the best running back to ever come out of OK State? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um is that Barry Sanders? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no more, please. No, no. Um, the next one is golf related. Well, what year did the Oklahoma State golf program begin? Oh. That's oh. tough. What? 19 is it 47? Uh, okay, yes. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when he started with 19, I was like, okay, right, century. Good job, Victor. Keep going. And he's like 40. I'm like, good decade. Okay. And then he that just is, got it. That is very t- – like, even – even if you're well-versed on something, anything that happened back in the 40s, it's like a tough answer to pinpoint the exact year. Hey, hey I got lucky. What can I say? <laughs> no. The disclaimer set very low expectations, but he knew it all along. Um, okay, so, well, one of my best friends in the world slash college roommate is um, one of the Solheims of the Solheim family. And I know that okay. they, are, they are from Norway, um, as are you. Is that why you went with Ping because of that? Um, your, your native land or is it because Oklahoma State was sponsored by Ping like what went into that decision yeah so um, when I was getting ready to turn pro I tried a bunch of different club manufacturers um, just to see what what really fit me best um, and I try to make a decision based off of that alone what clubs I think I will be uh, performing the best with um, and then I really liked how the pin clubs performed. And then on top of that, um, you know, to have to represent a com- country that hits so close, close to home with the Norwegian heritage and uh, kind of the relationship that they have with Oklahoma State and Carson Creek. I, I thought it just made a whole lot more sense. And, and um, yeah, I think it's a really cool partnership. I saw that you uh, were in the ping putter vault at the headquarters in Phoenix. What did you think of that? It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet place. Uh, not just the vault, obviously, but uh, that's kind of one of the things that stand out uh, in your mind when you when you visit the place. Um, yeah, it's just kind of cool all to see, you know, all the guys that have and, and ladies um, winning tournaments with pink putters and and being kind of honored by it. So I think that's really sweet. Um, all right, last question of the rapid fire questions. Don't worry. See, they're not terribly hard, correct? 
Not yet. No, we're we're doing all right. <laughs> all <laughs> just right. No, just no more football questions. <laughs> no, no, none of that. Um, I want you to build your uh, your perfect golf course, kind of tailor made to fit you. Um, using characteristics that would benefit you the most. So whether that's location, um, what the toughest hole on the course would be, whatever you can think of. Hmm. Uh, well, I would say courses that fit me well are, you know, kind of narrower uh, courses uh, off the tee, especially because I hit my driver pretty straight and I like to hit a little uh, left to right shot. So a little cut. Um, so it'd probably be a bunch of dog leg rights, just in a circle, just, <laughs> just a bunch of dog leg rights. The 18 holes just all in a little <laughs> circle. You're going to have to buy a huge property there. but um, And then, I mean, I'd like a, a good mix of holes, some short par threes, some long par threes, some drivable par fours, and, and some really tough par fives. So just kind of mix it up a little bit. That's what I think all the best courses in the world do. They kind of – that challenge your whole kind of game. Uh, it's not just like, okay, driver five iron every single day. You have some short par fours um, where you can hit a couple of short wedges and, and then you have some longer clubs into par fours. And then, um, you know, you got to think a little bit. So I'd like to, if I was smart enough to do that, make a, make a course similar. What about location slash weather? Uh, well, I'm from Norway, so it's a little cooler. Um, and I remember my first few years coming over here. I mean, I could not be out here practicing in the summer. Um, but I've always gotten more accustomed to that now. So I, I kind of do bad in, in the cold. So um, I'd probably have to say somewhere up north here, uh, just in the summertime. I think that's the most perfect weather you can get. Awesome. Well, good job with the rapid fires. 100%. Yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. So, um, so Victor and I know each other from this past year in February uh, at the AT&T Pebble Beach Open. And Victor and my brother were actually paired up together. Um, so that's how Victor and I know each other and, and have become friends. And it was actually a really fun week out there. Just Victor and his caddy Shay and my brother and I um, all became pretty close. And it was a really fun experience. Um, and one thing I will always remember, Victor, and I'm sure you will as well, was on day two, you had your first ever PGA Tour hole-in-one. What do you remember about that specific hole, the hole-in-one in itself? Just, it was really, really cool. Um, and I was actually on the tee box and we all got to celebrate. So what do you remember from that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember we were playing Monterey um, and I believe it was our third round of the tournament and uh I just remember personally that I, I I think I made a really bad bogey a couple holes before and I was I was a little steamy coming off the, the <laughs> last green um and I knew that because Monterey is kind of the easier considered the easiest course out of the three courses that we played for that tournament and I knew I kind of needed to get something going to to finish and and Justin and I were doing really well in the team uh, event, so I I knew we needed to get something going. And it's a blind tee shot uphill, um, hit a little six iron I think into the wind, and I actually pulled it a little bit. Um, but there's a huge slope up there, so he must have taken the slope, gone a little right, and there's a slope behind the pin, and it came trickling back, and we couldn't see any of this. Um, but there's a couple of spectators up there 
and it probably took the ball 10 seconds. Easily. Easily uh, 10 seconds. Yeah, from when it landed uh, for the ball to stop. And I just thought, oh, okay, it'll probably catch a piece on the left edge of the green or something. And then it took forever. And then the lady up there started screaming. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we figured you know? that uh, the ball went into the hole. And we just all went so, bananas. Yeah. So that's what that's how I, I remember it. And you actually – there was like a little bunker short and left. And – from yep. our vantage point, you hit it like left side of the bunker. So you're like, okay, like it'll be fine up there. And we start walking and the people up on the hill that you can see are like, oh, okay. And yeah. then we keep, and we're all like, all right, cool. And then we start walking a little further and they're all like, yeah. And we all looked at each other and we're like, yeah. And we start jumping around on the tee box. That's so funny. So yeah. you knew, so you knew you didn't have to wait. Yeah. We all, we yeah, all with knew. that reaction, we kind of, yeah, we figured what, what it was. Um, that's so that was awesome yeah it was really cool so you also as i mentioned uh your partners with my brother out there um what would you say is the worst part of my brother's golf game ever from you know driving chipping putting what would you say is the worst part of his game outfit also potentially oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) he did have some good outfits out there yeah he he was looking pretty slick he he looked he looked the part he looked the part um um, i don't i remember he definitely hit the driver really far yeah um it wasn't always that straight but in that format you can kind of get after it a little bit um on some of the holes he i mean he hit driver a lot um, I, I'd probably say his iron game was maybe not as sharp as, um, uh, what he probably needed to. I, I feel like some of his clubs were like, he would hit good shots and not exactly know how far. Yeah. They were. yeah. Um, which is like, you know, he's already hitting decent shots, but if you can kind of make sure you know how far they go, you can like, you can get a lot better without getting that much better, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think that's the good thing about you two being paired together is you're so good off the tee. So if he if you're if you're in the fairway, he can just get up there and just let it rip like as yep. far as he can. And I just think the combination of you two, like we ended up doing amazing. I think top three was it? Like yeah, we. I mean, we were up there. Yeah, so it went really well. So it it was a blast, man. It was a lot of fun. Victor, um, you're probably going to be politically correct with this question, but what is your biggest pet peeve when playing with an amateur? Like, it's got to be so frustrating when you are, like, golfing with your friends and they try to, like, drop some, like, whatever knowledge on you and you're like, okay. <laughs> um, it's It's not too bad. I'm usually – usually – pretty understanding of you know if you don't play golf every day I mean I couldn't imagine uh how hard it would be I mean I I play golf every day and and uh it is not easy for me um so um but I you know if you're hitting bad shots I I don't really care too much it's just kind of just the pace of play I think is the most important um thing just don't be super slow while you're playing bad if you're playing bad, at least, you know, just do your best, but don't, don't. Just um, pick up the ball. Pick no mulligans. Exactly. If, if you're out of the hole, pick up the ball. That's also yep. one of that doesn't, that doesn't just go for a PGA tour guy. That's also like, look, you're not yeah. right. Pick up the ball. Come on. Common, common knowledge. Exactly. Okay, I hate, I hate saying this because I'm such a huge proponent in gender equality, but um, 
it, do you have more patients when it's female? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. I you have, have to, this. you have I'm, to. I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of bias that I'm uh, unconscious of there, but uh, I haven't paid much attention to that. Um, so, Victor, we, we talked about the U.S. Open this past weekend, which was, I'm sure, an incredible experience for you. What would you say um, the highlight – what would you say the highlight of your U.S. Open experience was this past weekend? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, I need to do a better job of kind of thinking more like that uh, with tournaments that I've played because um, – what's different in professional golf is that you play so many tournaments and it's so easy to just kind of forget exactly. about it as a, uh, when the, when the week's done. Um, but I had a lot of fun playing with uh, Matt Wolf and, and Ricky Fowler the first two days, uh, just a pure Oklahoma state cowboy uh, group. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, Matt Wolf's caddy, uh, Nick, he, he was also on the team with us. Um, oh, wow. While so we were fun. playing. So, it was a uh, it was uh, a a good crowd and we had a lot of fun playing. Did you ever play uh, with Ricky or was he how many years well, ahead of you? He's what is he? I think he's maybe seven years older than me. So he so you did not play missed, with him in college. Yeah, he missed us by uh, a few years, but he would he would come back every now and again and he would play with the guys on the team and come for football games and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, we've been around him a little bit. You uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier that you really liked Wingfoot. That was your first time playing that course, correct? Yep. Oh, on the scale of one to ten, how challenging was it? Just the, the course itself. Yeah, um, it could have been way more challenging. So I probably, I mean, I, I could give it a seven, just because you know it was still really hard, but it could have been way harder if they chose to. Um, I think then it would have started bordering on being stupid um <laughs> it, but they they did a great job of just making sure that it was fair it was hard but it was 100 percent fair if you play good golf you're going to shoot a good score it's it's as simple as that i heard after the after the first round the like superintendent uh of the golf course was like furious because there were low scores um I, what, what, it was like 20 some guys under par and I heard the guy was furious that so many people were shooting under par because he like want, he wanted everybody to be over par. Yeah, I read that on social media as well. But I think they just kind of, you know, maybe they undershot it a little bit with the greens. They were a little receptive. Um, and we, I mean, we hardly had any win the first day. But um, I, I think they were just kind of making sure it, we started off the right place and, and then they could kind of contain the course for – the duration of the week yeah so just watching on tv it was really weird seeing how narrow the fairways were mm. like if you were standing if if you were up on the tee box on the tv screen i couldn't even see some fairways because your body is taking up the width of the fairway basically how no. are those like the the small the most uh narrow fairways on tour and how you know, it obviously really benefits you because you drive the, the ball great. I think in the whole week in Pebble Beach when we were all together, you maybe missed like two fairways. It's insane. I don't know how you do it. But how like weird is that being up on the tee box 
also knowing if you miss a fairway there, you're screwed. The rough was no joke. So yeah. how weird is that being up on the tee, seeing you have like 60 feet of, of a landing area? Yeah, I'd say actually when you get to kind of closer to U.S. Open kind of championships, uh, major championships, or even like good regular tour championships like for example you go to Torrey Pines mm-hmm. I mean I would say Torrey Pines has even narrower fairways than the ones at Wingfoot um, but the things that the thing that makes it even more challenging to hit is that um, on a lot of those holes at Wingfoot every single fairway slopes a certain way it dog legs a little bit it's not just kind of straight ahead mm-hmm. so you can you can picture that uh, when it's kind of dog-legging a little bit, it plays effectively even narrower. And then you play in, okay, the fairways are a little firmer, so they're rolling out a lot. <laughs> and you can have crosswinds on certain holes. So you can hit a dead straight shot, but because of the wind, it's going to curve it a lot. So let's say you have a wind that's going the opposite direction of the dog leg. Well, the fairway is effectively way narrower, and it's <laughs> almost impossible to hit the – hit the fairway unless you curve it a lot in the direction of the, the fairway. Jesus. So um, it almost I, – I, I'm not sure it did to that extent, but if you, just, if you just make fairways really, really hard to hit, everyone's missing fairways. I don't care how good your driving um, is, you're still going to miss a lot of fairways, and that's kind of when it comes to the point of you just want to be as far up there as possible, and then – that's why I think Bryce and, and Matt did as well as they did because hitting fairways was just so hard. They might as well just be 30, 40 yards ahead of everyone True. else. <laughs> That's a That's good point. Funny. Well, I was going to say, is there anything else uh, before we let you go that we might be missing or anything you want to share or promote? Um, not really. Uh, can't think of anything. I'm kind of busy this week with uh, pulling out four of my wisdom teeth so that's, oh. Oh that's my what God. i got going on that is a 23 year old thing to do isn't it, <laughs> it is. um hey one question i wanted to ask you before you before we let you go um and i got to know your caddy shay fairly well while we were out there um and he before you has been around the tour for for years a lot of experience how much would you say that helps you um and you know, being a young guy coming on tour, how how valuable is it to have Shay as your caddy who had something like 13, 14 years of experience before before you got on tour? Yeah, I think obviously on the course it helps me a lot because he's seen a lot of pin locations and um, he knows how much courses can change throughout the week, um, where to miss it, where not to miss it. But I feel a lot of those stuff are very kind of, it's a lot of common sense, you know, course, course management and course strategy. Um, I think for me, where I think we're a really good fit is, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these courses for the first time. So when he shows up, you know, he, he gives me the comfort that, okay, he knows where to go. Um, You know, register over here. Here's the driving range. Just making sure that, you know, laying out the kind of the, the lay of the land um, as well as being obviously I, he just turned 41 um, or 40 actually. Um, so 
he is a little bit older than I am, but he mm-hmm. still has a very good balance of, you know, being very childish like I am and <laughs> at the same time being professional. So we have a really good relationship that way. And that's, that's kind of why I enjoy his company the most. Yeah. Having a, having a good like relationship where you trust each other is huge. Cause I think back to when we were out there, we were playing the 17th at Pebble beach and mm. you were literally, you know, it was a big shot for you um, and, and for our team and you were in your backswing already. And he like yelled at you and pulled you off of the ball and mm. ended up changing the club, putting a new club in your hand and you hit an awesome shot. And it's just like, you know, that takes trust. It takes guts for him to do. Yeah. Um, and that just goes to show y'all's relationship, I think. But that like, that was pretty nuts to, to do something like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of caddies that are not comfortable doing that with their player. Um, so I, I think that, that tells you a lot kind of how uh, comfortably he is doing that, knowing that I'm not going to, you know, throw a punch back. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe that says something about you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it goes <laughs> over both ways. Yeah. Well, Victor, thank you so, so much for joining us, man. I had a blast, um, and I really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good, yeah. to, good to talk to you again, Ben. Yep, and you as well. And that is all we have this week for Millennial Sports Talk. Be sure to download and describe, subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick.